Hello, my friends. Welcome to another Live with Matt Rad. As always, we're sponsored by nobody. We don't take any money. We don't make any money. We don't charge any money. This is just us giving back because we love talking about records. Music has been great to us. So share it with people. If you think anybody else would find it interesting, come say what's up on the Discord. Send me DMs and ask questions. We're building a nice little family here, and uh, the community has already grown into something that's really special. So come participate. It's a lot of welcoming people. I spoke to John today about uh, the new Young Thug album, which our buddy Baines was a, a big part of mixing and engineering. Um, talk about our love for Young Thug and the, the idea of having creative families that you come up with. Um, we talked a bit about Ableton, um, and there's actually some deeper discussions on the Discord where people are really doing analysis of why Ableton might sound different than Pro Tools. Um, so certainly we'll get back with uh, more info once we do more of a deep dive on there. Um, and we talk a bit about finishing records today. It's great to chat with John. We've got a, a few other guests coming up soon, um, which I'll announce, and people can prepare questions and ask them on my Instagram, and I'll collect them. Uh, it's been really cool seeing this little community grow. I really appreciate all you guys sharing and saying what's up and participating and helping other people. It's been really cool. And the last thing is um, there are show notes for all of these shows. So if you're listening or you want to go deeper on things that we've talked about, Bradley, who's Slowhand Sound on Instagram, and he's all over the Discord, has been taking extensive show notes. So usually within a day or so, um, the notes from that week's episode will be up on livewithmattrad.com. It's a pretty basic website, but it has a link to the episodes where you can dig deeper on show notes. So shout out, Bradley. Thank you for doing that. Uh, I think it's been really helpful for people. All right, here's my conversation with John. Thank you guys for checking it out. I got my water bottle. You got your Topo Chico. We're going, baby. We sipped at the same time. <laughs> How are you, man? It was good to see you yesterday. So good to see you. Um, I just, I, I played tennis today, like every Tuesday morning, and I lost today. Oh, I don't, oh. I don't, I don't really lose very much. I've only lost three <laughs> times of the many, many times that you played. And I'm really bummed that I lost today, but it was a really good game and a lot and um, a lesson learned, uh, um, meaning it's okay to lose sometimes. Well, we've talked about it. There's actually a clip recently where you told a story about, um, a mixed gig you weren't right for, but you took anyway. And ultimately you didn't get it. It was a good, good lessons for people out there that you just, you don't win everything. And oftentimes yeah. when you lose, they talk about failure is the best teacher. There's all kinds of great, uh, idioms for these things. But, uh, I played, we both played really well and I got tired at the end and Nathaniel just kept going. Ah, it's um, it conditioning. It got you. Yeah, it was conditioning. I, I'm normally, I'm always fasted when I play, but for some, I, I ate at like 5 p.m. last night. So it was a longer fast than usual. I ate really early and then went to bed at eight o'clock and then woke up at like 5.30. So I was a little bit just like, it was a little bit late in the day to not have the energy to pull through. I got you. I got you. Well, it was, yeah, it was great seeing you yesterday. Uh, you know, here in Los Angeles, the world is slowly starting to open up. I guess they've they've now officially mm -hmm. opened vaccinations to everybody who's an adult. Mm -hmm. um, so everybody's eligible in the U.S. I'm certainly uh, feeling sympathy and empathy for uh, friends not in America because there's a lot of uh, a lot of lockdowns still going on. No people are struggling. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. but it was really nice to get out and walk on the street a little bit and hang out. Yeah. I think uh, I think it's gonna be good to do more of that soon. I swear, like being cooped up has been crazy. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, I've been going on plenty of walks in my neighborhood, but it's different where where you're at. Like, I mean, I guess you could. 
I mean, you just I go can, up the, B, the BCH. Yeah, I can go up the PCH and dodge traffic a little bit. But uh, if it's low tide, I can actually go out in the water, which of course is the that's that's True. the vibe. That's the move. True. So how you doing, thought, man? What do you what, what do you work on? I, oh, yeah. I thought of a good I thought of a good theme for today while I was um, having some breakfast after tennis. What if you asked me? all the questions that people ask and you think I wouldn't want to answer. <laughs> oh, you know what? We should make a whole, we should do a whole hour on that because okay. the, uh, the discord will love this too. Cause there's definitely topics we nerd out about gear and all this other stuff. Um, <laughs> oh, that is a great comment from Josh Rocks. The, the Pfizer helps your high end and the mid uh, Moderna helps your mid range in the mixes. That's well, crazy. I got Moderna. So yeah, exactly. Michael, <laughs> um, batter's box. Like what if we did our version of batter's box? That's, is that a, is that a Pensado's, a Pensado's place? Like, um, yeah, wait, and then you just like, uh, you know, what, what one word answers or something. It's just, right, I think, I, I think we should do, we should do an hour. Maybe next week we'll do like an hour rapid fire. All the questions that everybody Why not knows. now? Well, because I don't have to do now because, well, first of all, we got lots of good questions, but there's oh, also, fine. I want to give people the opportunity to ask all the questions that they're afraid to ask, because I definitely get questions okay. periodically. Like, I know you guys don't like talking about this, but all right, so let's we'll, do all of those. If it's preface with, I know you, I know you guys, or I know John hates this. Like, let's do all of those next week. Okay, so next week, so everybody watching next week, please uh, submit all of your questions that you know were uh, that we won't talk about. And it's not to say because there's we do get lots of duplicate questions. We get questions that that we've talked about before. So I generally try to steer people toward yeah um, places we've talked about it. But if there's things that you know. Uh, John always rolls his eyes at and he's like, don't ask me about yeah. how to do this those. one thing. We'll do, we'll do all those. I'm in the mood for it today. I don't know if I'll be in the mood for it next week. But I'll try. <laughs> oh, these are, these are the commitments we make to the people. But uh, before we, before we jump in any questions, yeah. let's give, um, let's give the homie Baines some love for the, for the slime oh, language yeah. too. I saw you listening. I listened this morning while I was eating some breakfast and, um, doing some other things on, on the internets. Uh, shit goes. That my, my favorite record, which my homie T-Shine is on, uh, that, that go, that go shit or that go, um, that one sounds crazy. T-Shine sounds like a fucking star on that. Um, the low end on the entire album, Baines is really, really doing his thing on. It's, it's, um, it sounds like a, it sounds like an aesthetic. It sounds like he, he developed something on, um, you know, on the whole album. It sounds like one person mixed it. Besides, I know Tume mixed one song, but, um, it's definitely a thing. Uh, you know, if, uh, if, if he was here, I would ask him, um, like, why isn't there more kick on a bunch of the records? <laughs> but, but, but the 808 and, the, and the, the balance of the low end is so consistent throughout the album and, and so big, fucking chunky shit, like deep. Um, I'm okay with it because of that. A couple of the records, there is one, the one with Kid Cudi on it, the kick goes. Uh, it's a more minimal track and the kick's really fucking hard. Um, but most of it, the, the bass, the 808 is the star and the vocal. Yeah. Um, and I'd like to talk to him more about like the intention there. It's, well, it's, interesting. it's really you, well, I, well balanced. You and I have a similar taste on liking punch along with the 808s. And there's, um, there's a sort of style like, you know, the, the, big, the big record from a year or two ago. I don't know. I don't know what about time and how long Same. it's been. But don't that even rock, try. That rock star record. Um, yeah. which has just the like the sort of distorted farty 808 which yep. phew, an amazing record but there's no kick drum there's no like yeah, straight I, short, I short decay punch shit, but, yeah. um, it, it, it took a while for me to get used to and mostly it doesn't sound good sometimes it works really well but yeah. it's interesting to hear even that aesthetic move into 
records where it's because we had so many years of like everything's going to be like serving max martin in your face dance punch and there's a widening that's been happening that i really really like i've been uh, i've been dming a little with baines and i'm gonna i'm gonna call him yeah. later uh later i don't know him super well just know him over instagram but i think we're gonna do a live uh yeah. with me and him um and we'll he, came, uh, we'll uh he came to a couple of the uh, conversation nights and we've kept in touch over instagram and i'm just so i'm excited for him i'm ex- I, I know he jumps on the lives too and like he's a he's definitely on um, he's definitely learning he's definitely at a place where he's taken in uh, a lot of information and and hearing this like to me as a as a still a young engineer but a bit older than him um i can tell that he's been studying you mm. can you can hear that he's putting things that he's learned and talked about into practice yeah. kind of silently because he's not very outward he's a pretty quiet um quiet dude and he's just like you could tell he's 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 working hard um and it translates through the record and that's over you know because people can be all talking all up on the instagram with what they've worked <laughs> on and you're like it doesn't even sound that good um and i just listened down to most i mean it's 21 songs i think i got yeah. like 75 percent of the way through before we jumped on and 23 songs like, on the version i've 23, to. 23. <laughs> so many songs so many songs uh, i listened to a I lot of them it. And it sounds really great overall. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, he'll love he'll Matt, love this segment too because I know he's he's been watching for a long time. But yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of it too, and I'll I'll tell him as well. It would be cool to have him on here, especially a guy who's been so close to one artist. Um, yeah, how that how that is. I got a lot of a lot of questions for him. So yeah, definitely look out for that. I'll, I'll I'd love to have Baines on and, and talk to him. I'm, I'm a I'm a big Young Thug fan too. Been a fan. For yeah, a long I've time, always so. I've always been. I mean, Jeffrey fucking changed my life. Like when I I mean, it changed a lot. He was perspective on what is possible in both pop music and hip-hop specifically and i mean thug's a legend you know he's a living legend that he he really he really paved the way for a lot of this i guess it's called melodic rap you know like he definitely was the was the star he was the one that did it and he hasn't really wavered you know he just does his thing yeah um and and he's uh, you know one of the one of the bars and one of the records with uh it's like a, it's a man. I, I forget the names because I went down them so fast. Mm. But one of the records has about six features on it, and one of his bars in his verse is like, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to bring the homies up. Like I'm trying to bring my people up. Like slime language is young stoner life. Like it's the whole crew on the record, and that's yeah. that's pretty epic to me. And he's all about bringing his people up. Um, anyway, uh, I'm I'm stoked on the release. I'm stoked on how it sounds. Uh, you know. Absolutely, man. And I was um, I was I was talking to somebody the other day about Young Thug and trying because they didn't they weren't really familiar with him. And I was uh-huh. trying to explain why he's so important, uh, mm-hmm. not just why I'm a fan of his, but why he's been so important. And I'm going to get a lot of this uh, the history stuff wrong because I'm not as deep as a lot of other people. But it feels like there was this era in the late 2000s when it was like, I mean, T-Pain was doing his thing and all of a sudden it was auto-tune, but T-Pain got a lot of hate too for using auto-tune for shit. Like, it's mm-hmm. not a real thing. T-Pain can sing. T-Pain yeah. could really sing. Well, that's an interesting thing is that, is that T-Pain was such a, I mean, his first album was rapper turned singer. So it was mm-hmm. like, the guy knows about rap and knows about hip-hop, but decided to use this tool um, mm-hmm. and made just like hit after hit after hit. And he's oftentimes the sole writer and sole producer on a bunch yeah. of those hits. Like, T-Pain is so <laughs> underrated and such a goat um, but was just yeah. had a thing for a certain era. But coming out of that, I think I think Lil Wayne gives T Pain the credit for teaching about auto tune. I could be getting that wrong. Maybe it was a Kanye thing. But okay. it was like coming off of T Pain, then you have Lil Wayne, who is like 
the rapper of that era that like drought three late 2000s era um where he was just like mixtape 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 and then album that would sell a million copies the first week and then mixtape 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 but he was doing all this auto-tune stuff and out of that birthed a whole generation of guys and kanye was a part of that too with 808s and heartbreak but yep thug had this thing that he came out basically as like uh he said Lil Wayne was his favorite artist. He came out as basically like a Lil Wayne impersonator almost. Not to not to, yeah. you know, it's not an insult, like Lil Wayne is the best. But then all of a sudden Thug was just became his own person and developed and went deeper and crazier and never really went pop. It was it always felt like he was mm-hmm. authentically himself. Like I feel like a lot of artists when they're coming up of, of any kind are always trying this and trying on a couple different hats and trying a few different styles and maybe i'll sound like this and thug was just kind of i mean he started out as a big Lil wayne fan but then he was just always himself which is mm-hmm. so hard to do in life in music and yep. whatever and at, because he came with so much authenticity uh and so much originality but really that just comes from authenticity because only you mm-hmm. can do what you can do yep. um there's only one you and he is was just so purely that and put out all this incredible music and basically this i i give him credit for this entire generation of the melodic hip-hop whatever and somebody's asking me i was listening to it somebody's mm-hmm. like what what is uh what genre is this like it's not rap and i was like i guess you call it hip-hop but it's not it's like it's like post-rap it's like post-hip-hop because it's melodic there's guitars but there's mm-hmm. 808 it's, it's punk it's it's punk i mean it's you punk know, it's, it's a new I mean, punk thing it's 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 whatever it is it's a new thing and it's yeah. like and even uh, uh, you know writers like Stara, who've had huge hits, to me Stara sounds like a huge, uh, like she was hugely influenced by Young Thug. Like Young Thug is yeah. hit pop records and hip hop and 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 I, I, the I culture say, of I fashion. Say, and I all say this other punk, stuff. yeah, exactly. I say punk for like the whole the whole package, the whole fashion rock star. I don't give a fuck. I'm doing me. It's still I'm still rapping. Like he's rapping and he's singing, but he's yeah. melodically rapping which it kind of was a thing, but he did it his own way. He makes weird ass voices. You can hear his chains in the fucking mic. Like he was talking about that. Yeah, exactly. We talked about yesterday. Like that, it's just a, what, you know, laissez faire kind of approach. And like, I don't give a fuck. And that's punk. It doesn't have to be punk, like loud ass guitars with too much mid range. It's, it's just an approach. The aesthetic, um, and yeah. also yeah, the aesthetic. Exactly. But when you say like, he never went pop, like then he was on that Havana song. With yeah, Cabello, right? Which is hilarious. Top, when you, top 40, but he still sounds like him. It sounds him like him, changed. and he sounds... And it's like the least pop thug yeah. verse. It's such a it's, weird... Like, I listen to him, like, what is happening? But that's why thug is so amazing. Yeah, so anyway, like, we, you know, shout out to the whole the whole squad over there doing their thing, because yeah. they're, not, they're not conforming at all. <laughs> and, and, and I will certainly ask Baines about this, and, and you know, I don't know, Alex. Uh, he, just, um, he just jumped on. He just jumped on. Uh, oh, Baines, we, up, just, we just shouted the fuck out of you <laughs> we just talked about the last you like 15 minutes. minutes. <laughs> great, great um, work, homie. Great work, homie. Yeah, great work on the album. Um, and, uh, and yeah, man, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting to see. I definitely will ask him about this, but it seems like they really, and it's the advice I give a lot of people who are like, how do I, we've talked about this a lot. How do I come up these days 
And it's like, don't move to a city and try to intern at a studio because there's very few spots. That could be an amazing thing for you. But what you yeah. should be doing is find your crew of people, make yes. records with them, try different roles, but get consistent compound long-term relationships with people that you can come up with. And you'll just give everybody a better chance to win because you'll have lots of people collaborating. And also uh, such a huge part of this is the the communal aspect. And you, know, you, you want to be... It, it's much more fun to win with your friends than to win in isolation. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. Like he's one of the artists, um, Tug is one of the artists, um, that like would be a dream to mix. I mean, I, I worked on one record with him on it. That was a, for my homie Tishan. He's the feature artist. I actually produced it, which was sick. Cause that was when I was producing. But when, when Baines became the, 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 um, you know, the engineer of the squad, I was like, Oh, it's never going to happen. Like I wouldn't want to take that, that dedication to the craft and to the album away, you know, uh, you know, him being on here, he could, he can hear that straight up. Like, yeah, I mean, I want to fuck with Doug like all the time. He's one of my favorite artists of, of my generation, but there's no reason to, because he's in good hands, you know? And then hearing, hearing the album down today, it reconfirmed that like artists should be in good hands. And that's really what matters because our job is to, as engineers is to elevate the artist and put them on display in the most presentable way possible. Um, and when I get down on bad mixes or bad recordings or bad engineering, it's because of that. It's because I'm not connecting to the artist like I imagine um, their fans want to. Um, yeah. And I, usually, I think a lot of the time it's bad engineering. So that's when I want to jump in and try to save the day or, or, uh, or have FOMO that I didn't get to touch it because I think I could do a better job or, or bring some more life to something. When you hear a record like that, I don't know what I would do different than that, you know. And I'm just—it's—it's it's nice to hear that. I don't—I don't—I don't feel that way very often. So. <laughs> it is. I don't. Great, you know? I'm just being real. Like, I'm yeah, absolutely. Like, well, I always—I always feel like you know, there's so many artists that I'm fans of, some of whom I've gotten to work with, um, but some of that is just I like their music so much and I want to be around it. I don't know that I would yeah. particularly. You know, I got that question and maybe I get, get that question still. I haven't gotten it in a while, but you always get that question when you're meeting business people for the first time or like maybe you're a writer and you might, you're meeting publishers, you might sign your first deal. People are like, who are the artists you want to work with? And I'm, I always give a really annoying answer, which is I want to work with anybody who would be really excited to work with me. I can tell you who I'm fans of. And like, yeah. and who I, like who I would collaborate with well with, I can tell you who I'm fans of, but like, maybe I get in a room with Kanye and we don't vibe. Maybe I get in a room sure. with Paul McCartney and we're just like, this is weird. And so it's like, Changes I, everything. Yeah, like yeah, I want to, yeah. I want to meet a lot of people. I want to have intros, but like the collaborative relationship is hugely important. Um, just cause I think an artist is amazing. Doesn't mean I'd be right for working with them as much as I would yeah. like that. But that's a, that's a really good point. No, um, that's a, what you just said is a, is a, is even bigger point. It's just the, 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 the chemistry might not be there and you think that it will because you have this expectation of, oh, I could bring something to this person's sound or their career or their life. And then you get in the room with them and you're a fan of them. You have this expectation and you're just let down. Um, I think that will happen more than not. Yeah. Although last, yesterday at, at, at lunch, you, you brought up a, a, um, something that I wish I, uh, I could um, – remember but it was on this note about just even just bringing joy to people's lives and the ability that um a lot of us have to connect that uh, we might be unaware of um like me who i'm a kind of unaware of the uh, may, maybe the amount that i would have to offer yeah um 
other people because I tend to think, and it's funny that I'll say this on this live, Love is it. that I, I never really um, see myself as any of having any um, words worth listening to. You know, like <laughs> it's funny to see that there's like 50 people uh, weekly uh, coming to listen to us talk. Because it's very hard for me to imagine that I have anything to say of value. And I listen daily to people that have so much value um, to offer us. And I don't find myself in that caliber. Yet other people might. So I should keep going. I even voice memoed a um, a note today while I was driving because I didn't want to text it down. I had this thought of this responsibility um, that I feel that being a product of, um, of mentorship, mm-hmm. being the, the product of a, of a specific mentor and how that's lacking, I truly believe that I have a responsibility to now offer, offer that. And I don't feel comfortable with the idea of it, yep. but I'm going to pursue it because of that. Yep. So that being said, just roundabout to our conversation yesterday, I do believe that I have something to offer maybe a lot of people, maybe a few people. So thanks for putting me in check there yesterday at lunch. <laughs> well, it's, it's, um, and you we know, were talking about it in a different context. We're talking just, about a different context, it. but I, yeah. but it, but it, I think it applies to all of it. And you know, I say it with love. Um, but it is, um, you know, you've, you've got the, uh, you know, currently 40 something people watching this. There'll be hundreds of people on the discord chatting about it. A few thousand people listen or watch this. And it's because you do have things to offer. And, those of us that have had this, the reason we're doing this is that, you know, we, we, we've had a lot of experience and we were mentored by great people who were super generous with their time. And we're in a world where the technology has changed and maybe we can go out and give some of this information to the next generation of people or not even the next generation, but people that we could currently collaborate with. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, someone like Baines, I look at, uh, as, one of the highest level guys doing stuff right now. He's not mm-hmm. like the next generation. He's the current generation. So that we can yeah, have these current. dialogues and, yeah. and talk about this stuff is, is so cool. Um, but yeah, man, you know, you're an yeah. interesting, valuable dude. And this is the other part of it too, is this is why back to what we were talking about before for people starting out, get your people, get your collaborators. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, get the people that elevate what you do that can help you see what you do. That's valuable. That can help you, uh, they can help push you to do things you wouldn't normally do. I mean, that's having people you know for a long time is going to be better for your music career than finding the new right person to meet. You'll also meet lots of people, but it's really about finding your own people, finding your crew, and and building with them and learning together. That's the, that's the only way. It's the only way I've seen it really work for most people. Yeah. On on that note, um, I don't know exactly how I, how I feel about my my thought about what I'm about to bring up, but. Um, I think there's something to say here where, you know, if an engineer in, in a crew is, um, you know, is in charge of seeing the entire thing through, there might be an opportunity. I've talked about this quite a bit, uh, a little bit on this show, which is the idea of co-mixing, right? So if you're all in on something and you feel like maybe you have this obligation to finish it, and you might not necessarily feel the confidence to do that because of the perspective amount that you've been spending on this thing, instead of passing it off to some, as I refer to a black box mix engineer that you barely get to be in touch with. You don't hear back from them for two weeks when you ask Mm. for a note, like find a finisher that you trust to collaborate with and co-mix and offer that credit up as a, 
uh, as a possibility. I'm starting to see it more and more. Like, for example, speaking of Baines, um, uh, uh, the, the, the TZO collab on the Chris Brown um, record, you yeah. know, like they're both credited as mixing that go crazy mix, you know, and that's not, that's not an ego thing. Like everybody wins. And yep. I love seeing that Dennis and I doing Khalid's album and, yep. and I was talk thinking and that as that, well. Yeah. You know, that's been a, that's been a thing on my mind for a bit because a lot of times you're so zoomed in and maybe you're in a bunch of houses, maybe you're all over the world recording this album and you want, you want to still maintain kind of the, the, the control um, because the artist trusts you, right? As an engineer, yeah. the artist that you've been in the room with for months, years, trusts you, but also you know that it needs fresh ears. Like that's something to think about. And and when you say find your people, maybe there's still like an outside perspective that's not in the room the whole time that you go to to collaborate on the finishing. Um, I find that that's a, a, a healthy approach as well. Um, I know that if I was making a whole album as the engineer, and it, mixes weren't feeling right, like I'd probably, I mean, I have a couple people in mind that I would go to, Tony being one of them, but you just like, yo, why don't you come in and do this with me and we'll do this together. And um, anyway, just a, a yeah, final I, thought I, I think on, that's, on... That's super important. It's it, it speaks to a couple of different things. I mean, it's why, you know, you have essentially one mastering engineer that you have a long-term relationship yeah. with because yeah. you want to know that the other parts of the process... Um, yo, uh, our bloom, uh, Ethan, I got you. We're going to talk after this. <laughs> I got to call <laughs> him later. Um, that's why, that's why we got introduced, bro. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, um, there was actually two questions about finishing this week and we did a full episode on finishing about the concepts of it, what it means. Uh, it's number 21. So there are a few people. We did? How many episodes have we done? Like 50, I don't know, 45, 45, I think. Almost um, a year's worth. Sick. Almost a year's worth. Yeah. Um, but people asking about finishing, we did a whole episode talking about it, talking about our I don't remember that at all. It was great. We're actually going to start putting clips up this week too. Francesco just chopped up a bunch. Um, cool. But this gets back again. Um, thank you, Bradley. This is episode 49. Um, and you know, four go, or five of those were the other people. We've been doing a lot. We've been doing a lot. But that idea of if you are the trusted person in a, in a process and you get to the end and you feel like you've lost a little perspective, it's your job to find another trusted person for you. And so, like you said, you have a few people that you know when you need that outside perspective, you already have that relationship because you're often being entrusted with the whole project or the single and you're the finisher and you're the guy. But if there's at some point where you need somebody, you also have those outlets too. So it doesn't mean that everybody has to play every role at all times. It actually is different. I think when you get a crew of people, you can actually bounce things off of each other. And um, that just another advantage to having your people when you're doing shit. Yeah. I mean, Dennis, Dennis and I also did Zane's last album. That's right. We're working on more records now. And when we send him back and forth, you know, he'll start or I'll start and, or I'll finish. And I send back and he's like, yo, that sounds cool. I'd love what you did, but I kind of missed what I did to the guitar. Did you change that? Like, and you, and you have back and forth perspective and I'm like, Oh shit, my bad. Like I didn't mean to change that. Or I didn't mean for it to not sound like you did. Let me bring that back. Let me figure out what I did wrong. And then it's just, you know, producers have been doing this forever. Yep. Songwriters have been doing this forever. Mixers are kind of solo. Uh, so I just yep. want to keep talking about it because I actually think that the future of mix engineer is that, is collaboration. I don't think that in the next five to 10 years, I'm going to be alone mixing records solely. I think that there's going to be a lot of engineers that can develop the skill to mix and people are going to be 
for better or for worse, more satisfied with the in the room mixes. Yeah. And then the idea of only a mix engineer might um, become a little bit out of style. This is an interesting and, topic. What, but where, I still think perspective is so important. Yeah, so that's 100%. why I'm bringing this up. So, well, so yeah. if we go, if we get outside of the titles, because we've talked about titles before about yes. what, a, you know, like a mastering engineer, what does a mastering engineer do? Well, the answer is they were experts at cutting to lathes 70 years ago. <laughs> but it's a, but, and that yeah, was yeah, a yeah. really important job that you needed to know a certain yeah. kind of technical thing. And I, I don't know what the skill level of mastering engineers these days is to cut to vinyl. But whatever they're doing, it's a different set of skills. So the the titles have remained the same and the roles have changed. It's interesting to see, uh, you know, the the role that you play as mix engineer is really more like finisher slash sonic architect slash trusted perspective. You're you're really like the perspective guy with the technical skill. Um, the last three or four mixes that I did, I completely changed the way that they sound and felt, and the artist yeah. and the team and so loved you, them. You know, so it's you, not a, so it wasn't a mix necessarily. Totally. So it's like, and then sometimes you, b because you have the skill as a producer and writer as well, it applies to a lot of different things. I mean, I, when, when people ask me what I do, I say I'm a record producer and songwriter, but that means so many different things at so many different times from executive producing to writing lyrics to mixing. There's so many things that go in between it and well, the roles are always overlapping and changing. So I wonder, the, and, and please riff off it, I wonder if in 10 years we'll have the roles defined the way they are. I mean, you see there's lots of songwriter discussion about should songwriters be getting points if they're giving away publishing to artists. You know, Beyonce famously mm. taken big cuts of publishing when she takes an outside song, and there's been battles about that. So I think roles and revenue streams and, and, and things like that are changing a lot. Yeah, we've talked about this before. I think the role is determined beforehand, meaning... If I'm hired it to should mix be. a record, if it I'm hired be. to mix the record, I'm a mixer. I yeah. might do production moves, but I'm not going to pull a fast one at the end on the approved version and say, I kind of change, you know, I pitched down those drums and like, I gave Well, I that, think we're, we're talking that, about two I, different I, things here. I think, I think what you're hired for and how someone gets credited is really important. And and maybe you keep going on that. I'm sorry to interrupt. But well, the, that came in at the end. I wasn't expecting you to you to bring that up. But you're talking yeah. about the role itself too. Well, but but and the what, role like, is determined by what you're asked to do before you start. Well, let's, not let's, what you wind up doing by the end necessarily. Let's, let's separate titles from roles because I think my point okay. is more that like again, like somebody adds the right hi hat thing and they're getting publishing these days. That's different huh. than the world was. 20 years ago, or if you uh -huh. spend time in Nashville or whatever. And the fact that you have people who are recording at home, who are finishing mixes and vocal producing, and, you know, a lot of the roles are blending together in that way. I wonder if, you know, you might, you might be credited as, I mean, maybe you want it for your own sake, but maybe your role in, yeah. uh, in five or 10 years is just, you're a producer on the project. Cause it's a credit that, allows you more flexibility in terms of how you structure your deals. And you're a trusted guy who's had hits who can do the sonic stuff, but you also maybe have teams of people that can help. I mean, who knows where these things are going to go? It, it does seem like no yeah. longer is, is, is it the case where people need to book a studio, hire an engineer and make something happen. Yeah. Um, I don't know where to go with that. I, I, have, a, just, I have a very, I have a very specific approach to what I do hmm. and I at this point, at 35, I, I nail it most of the time. And every once in a while, I, I still lose. We all lose, yeah. um, like we talked about in one of the previous episodes. But I want to 
evoke the deepest connection possible in the record. So that's a taste thing. That's not a mix thing. That's an aesthetic and that's an availability emotionally to the intention, to the reference points, the nostalgia, to the colors, to whatever the record is supposed to be. And I'm supposed to understand it on a wide scale um, and then deliver something that can translate and stand the test of time. So if you want to take all of those characteristics and then refer to me as a mix engineer, feel free. If you want to refer to me or someone else as a producer, feel free. But that's what I'm going to do every time. Yeah. Now, that's not the same thing as what we've talked about previously, like Eric Valentine. Like, I'm going to replay that bass line. I'm not going to do that. But what I might say is, hey, has the producer tried this? Hey, was this intentional? Because there's a there's a gap in the in the in the 808 here, and the the groove switches up, and it feels weird. Just checking, but having that ear to say, and that can be coming from like this. This happens pretty regularly, where we'll take off some crazy compression or limiting on the mix bus, and the groove doesn't feel right. And it doesn't feel right with it on either, but it's because the lengths of things aren't are, are falsely, um, uh, you know, presented through through excess limiting versus like, oh wow, there's actually no bass on the third chord. It's like right. it was held over from some weird synth that's still there, but the bass yeah, yeah. wasn't played. Like you, you know what I mean? There's like yeah. missing bits to the record. So that's a producer coming yep. up with these decisions. Um, but I'm hearing it in the mix process as I unravel. We talked about this on conversations the last week or two, um, that I think the best way I've ever described what I do is kind of unmixing a record. Yeah. Like I want to, oh, it's, wanna, it's the Rick Rubin credit that he was credited as reducer instead of producer. Yeah. The, of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sorry, like, but I'm saying it's sorry. in like a, in a, in a completely in a mix sense though, that yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not muting things for a lot of people, but I'm like untightening it. I'm loosening it up. Yeah, like yeah. Everything's so like high and tight and perfect and controlled. And I'm trying to make things feel active and jump out at you and excite you and surprise you um, with all the elements that are given to me. Right. And that might, and it's in a very subtractive manner. Um, I was, I was talking um, just uh, to, to a new, to a new friend, um, a friend of a friend um, at brunch on Sunday about this, or was it Saturday? I forget what day it was um, about this. She was asking what I, what I do. And we're talking about FKA FKA twigs. And we just, you know, just kind of like how I would approach that Mm. record and how I would, I try to take like people's crazy productions that are really wild, find the four, three to four main elements and then start placing things in and being subtractive uh, in in the nature of reducing the, 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 uh, the redundancies in frequency and in feeling where you, you place things around these four elements, but they're still there. So there's still, you know, a kaleidoscope of sound and all this. I just went, you know, hearing me talk about this and just hearing my own words out loud. I'm like, that doesn't necessarily sound like a mixer's job. Well, this is sort of the just, point, but it's a it? music maker. It's like, well, a, this, is- this is another level, an, uh, another um, point on the assembly line of aesthetic, of getting it to the place where it sounds like nothing else has sounded like. How do we get it to be the most unique version of what was there on this canvas? Like, um, well, You have you the know. ability to do that as, uh, as a mix engineer and trained in sort of the history of that, but you're very much, and I think this is what everybody should, everybody should have the goal to be in your position in terms of 
the ability to understand all the different parts of it. And that's why we talk so much about right. the philosophical right. approach and why are you doing things and what does it mean to compress? We do, a, we do a whole hour on compression and don't talk a lot about compressors. We talk about dynamic range and what are you after? It'll be interesting to see what happens uh, if and when you start doing more full-on engineering from the beginning of a project through the mix where you become a trusted collaborator. I mean, if you wanted to, you could very quickly... Uh, just be another producer on the project and get whatever credit you want. Because if, mm -hmm. if it's you and the producer and the artist and the three of you are making creative and sonic and philosophical and emotional decisions from start to finish, you know, it, 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 you know, who, are you just an engineer? Are you also a producer? Are you, are you a creative person? Do we throw out these titles completely and, you know, start new roles because you have that power? It's a, uh, it's, it's interesting. Look, it's it's going to be interesting. Look, the title to see how on a, on a, on a, on a step below that, um, titles come from ego, right? Titles come from and, and business structure, and bit like well, where mean, did the business. Well, where did business structure come from? So, capitalism. But keep going. Yeah. So ego. Yeah. Of course. But, okay. So <laughs> I know what you well, mean. There, well, there can't be a title without some sort of ego you, involved. You need to. It, so I'm just going to, way you, the way to the beginning. Sure. Yeah. You need you need titles both. There is a practical reason for having titles because it tells people what you do for a living in a business that doesn't mm -hmm. have it's all freelance. Right. But, but, but what but I'm sorry, saying go, go is on your ego in, point. In, in your back you. to the back to talking about slime language, talking about finding your crew, finding people yeah. to collaborate with. If you truly have the trust of the team and the collaborators, your band, everyone yes. in it, it doesn't matter what your title is, right? It's ma it matters on how do you communicate and how do you how do you collaborate with other people and they can then offer you trust to do something that's outside of your title, quote yes. unquote. Yes. And then the title can stay the same and the title become, becomes nothing. Uh, if you become the guy that needs to be there because you fill a really important role and you can do a lot of different things, you could be titled as producer, engineer, or just the guy. You just, you're yeah. just a guy that gets paid and they know your value because your family supports you. It's family, meaning your, your musical collaborative family. And they're yes. like, this person's great. He's a part of our crew. Yes. Figuring out what you do at any uh, given time is, yeah, that's, that's the goal. I think that's the goal. That should be the goal for everybody. That's what I see the future of my yeah. role being. So if I want to have longevity in this business and I'm only 35 now, like if I want to do another 20, 25 years of this, I, I don't see myself only mixing records solo yep. in my loft yep by my i just don't i don't see that being the thing would i would i love it if that were the case i would you'd be I, good I with really it would. <laughs> yeah. i'd be good with it but i don't see that being the thing so the people that are trying to do this forever do what i'm doing forever just i would think twice about um the longevity there yeah, I agree. Uh, I think what you're really implying is that you and I are going to make a collaboration album where we're both singing, which I'm very excited for. Um, oh, man, no, I don't know. <laughs> you can sing. I've, I've recorded myself singing once, and I was I don't know if I've ever told you this, but so I, 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 I wrote a I made a, um, a track that actually really I made a bunch of tracks in my day, but one I really <laughs> like. Um, and before I sent it off to actually my, my homie T-Shine that I was mentioning that's on the, the Thug album on the yeah. uh, YSL album. He he's on. He wound up being on the record. Like we have we have this record together. But I sang on it. So when I wrote it, I wrote lyrics, and I, it's more of a poem. But I tried to sing on it. 
And I was like, oh, that wasn't so bad, like hearing it in my headphones. Yeah, and I yeah. pressed play through the PMCs. I was like, this is the worst thing anybody has ever done. I deleted the vocal from the session, made sure it didn't get backed up on anything. Nobody will ever hear Threw my your computer recorded. into the ocean. Yeah. yeah I got they, it was like, that is fucking awful. PMCs are revealing, huh? Dude, I was so not a vibe at all. I'm not a vibe vocally, like at fucking all. I love it. Well, I'm, anyway, I may make a, make you make a second appearance at some point, but we'll turn the microphones off. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, we got lots and lots of great questions, which of course now we're 40 minutes in and just getting That's the questions. Fine. We so had, I had a good time. I love it. I've, I've had a good time too. Um, there's one thing I wanted to chat about quick, and then it's a it's a sort of a plug and a direction. Um, we've talked a bit about Ableton versus Pro Tools versus other DAWs and the sound of it, which is sort of hard to get to the bottom uh, of. But Dino asked a question, the experience of mixing stems from Ableton, which we've talked about. And there's this thing that that a lot of people know or assume that somehow Ableton doesn't quite sound as good or there's something about the summing or something. And I think yeah. we've figured it out. And by we, I mean Bradley Slowhand Sound, who takes the show notes for this. So I know this this is going to be linked in the show notes of this episode. So check it out in a day or two on livewithmattrad.com. Bradley's been taking these amazing notes. But he did a full analysis um, uh, like a scientific, let me check all the modes. What's up, Bradley? Um, about all of the, uh, all of the Ableton warp features. And it turns out that a lot, if you turn on warping in certain ways in Ableton, some, sometimes it's automatically on there, depending on your preferences, there is actually some sonic degradation, even if you don't do anything to them. Um, and I am, I am, that's part of it. I'm fairly convinced that, that that's a big part of it. And, and certainly there may be some other things about the algorithm of the way it sums. I haven't had any of that confirmed, but this is definitely confirmed that if you pull things into Ableton and have several of the usual modes that people have of, um, of warp or time stri I think it's called warp in Ableton, that mm -hmm. it actually does affect the sonics slightly. And I also think that when people use Ableton, they're doing so much more pitch shifting and time shifting that uh, the, it's a higher percentage of Ableton things that people will get that have some digital stretching degradation in it. Um, I know there's, and, and you and I and talked about And it all adds up. If you're doing it all adds track, up. it all adds so, up. Yeah. But this was an amazing, amazing analysis by Bradley, which um, we'll, uh, he did on the Discord. And we've been there's a section in the Discord about DAW. So people were talking about Ableton 11, which came out. People talking about Ableton generally. And he did an amazing thorough analysis, which you can check out on the Discord, which is a link in my bio. And he'll put it in the show notes. But um, that's something that somebody asked this week, and I wanted to just address I'll it. I'll add we, one layer to that, too. Yeah, please. Which is the fact that um, Ableton has been, was designed from the beginning for uh, stability, for yes. live performances. Um, so not it does like not tools. stop and crash, yes. So it doesn't stop. So after you get to a certain amount of CPU percentage usage, uh, and I had a friend about five or six years ago, uh, and they haven't changed the this at all. And I, I, I do know that. This is an anecdotal. They, they have not changed the... In, it, in 11, uh, which just came out? Yeah, yep. this is still the same. Um, it's going to lower bit depth um, to, uh, you know, to hold so stability. It doesn't have so to things don't slow down or crash. So it doesn't have to process as much. Interesting. So I, it, um, a friend of mine five or six years ago... Uh, I think figured out that over 24 tracks with like a substantial amount of plugins and chains is like about when this starts that he started noticing transients of, of drums 
um, get reduced and things get softer and less punchy um, was based on that sort of clarity, um, a little extra clipping and not in a good way, meaning like the transients so, were getting pinched. So there's a couple of things there real quick. I think One, it was over 25% well, or 30% CPU. So it's a question. Is it tracks? Is it CPU? Does it depend CPU. on your computer? Is it just on playback or does it happen with offline bouncing uh, it happens on bounce for sure okay, I, I, yeah. I, yes i the the one anecdote of story from friend to friend is strong and i would like to see it because i'm i have not read that elsewhere and we've been looking yeah. at this a lot but that might be that might no, be no 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 it is not this isn't public knowledge this is like this is one guy he fucking he did it because he was so so curious about why and i've talked to does he does he have a, the does he have files human. to share because we anyway no. So, th- so a, that that may be a thing, and definitely we've like. Well, it's just, definitely a it's definitely a thing. Yeah. Meaning, as CPU goes up for stability, the bit depth goes down. Yeah, that may be true. Again, that's uh, I, I've not seen anybody from Ableton confirm that. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I've heard I've heard someone from Ableton it, confirm that. Yeah. Who? I don't want to <laughs> link, link me to him because I, I want I want to know about this stuff because this is this is really important. People are asking about this all the time, so link link me offline then or something. Yeah, but I'm not um, trying to. Yeah, I man, I would I think we should call this stuff out if if that's what's happening. We I mean you know don't call out somebody's name publicly, but like yeah yeah yeah. But, yeah. but hit me up because I think this is uh, this is super important for people to know if all of a sudden because Ableton is to me far and away the well, best pure creative there's a quick, tool. There's a quick fix for it that we've discussed. It's okay. just hard to do. Which is there's a there's a studio version and there's live. There's Ableton Studio and Ableton yeah. Live. And Ableton Studio will provide um, sonic accuracy throughout the process and let it have playback stops like Pro Tools does. And Ableton Live hmm. should be for live performances. Yeah, I mean, fix. I I don't know about that, um, but why, why it, not? Are they otherwise the exact same features? Because part of yes. what makes live so great is that as a creative tool is that you can play something, loop it, it does not stop, you can make a full production. There's a creative well, yeah, energy. Pro that you Tools get. does that too. Pro Tools does definitely not do that. There's lots of things, there's lots of functionality in Pro Tools that requires you to stop playback. And there's less of that in Ableton. Yeah, and that won't be the case. Ableton is obviously better, but you can loop play and loop record and it makes new playlists in Pro Tools. There's nothing. Yes, but you can't. It's just you not can't, as. But you can't add plugins. You can't add plugins, make new tracks, yeah. things like that in Pro Tools while looping, while loop recording, and. Sure, you, and I wouldn't want that to change in Ableton either. By far, it's a way. It's a. But so the question is, those superior, are the, But yeah, but those are maybe, the sort of things that they're compromising for. Yeah, but maybe you'll get a okay. Maybe by the time you add an eighth plugin while you're in loop, like, and you have a shitty Matt old MacBook get a better computer like uh, you still have to rely i mean uh, apple just announced the new imac with the new chip and it's going to be i mean this is game change these the new apple we, computers are game yeah. changing right I so think, i think we may be we may be talking about different things but why don't, why don't we no put no, no, no 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 i i think that you can yeah. still well, i don't think we are i think you yeah. can still have a the sound stays exactly the same and maybe every now and then you get a playback stop then it relying on never stopping ever and the sound quality going down. There has to be a middle ground there. Maybe the there video. is. And I think that's something for people to investigate. I'm sure it will be discussed on the Discord later. Um, mm-hmm. I've not heard that as a solution and we've done you know hours and hours and hours of oh, no, discussion no, no. about I'm Ableton. I'm not saying it is. 
I'm saying I'm proposing a solution. Oh, that we should make one. We should make yeah, a solution. Yeah, this isn't yeah. a thing. Oh. I'm oh, saying I thought, I'm proposing. I thought you were saying there's a version of Ableton I've talked did to, this and yeah. I've talked to a hundred producers about about this idea. Yeah, yeah. This is not like a I'm not saying that I have. I'm going to save the day. Here, I got you. I got you. I'm not the only one thinking about this. You were saying there should be another version of Ableton that doesn't prioritize those things. That then, um, oh yeah. Well, so there'll be more investigation. We'll follow up on this. I'm sure the Discord guys are going to be going crazy about it. Um, it's definitely worth. Uh, it's definitely worth figuring it out. Um, yeah, there, there there might be ways to null test it because you could render stuff in the session. You could bounce stuff internally. There's there's ways to do this, but it's it sounds like it'd be complicated. But at the very least, yes. the the if you have warp, the big news to me was if you have warp on on any of your tracks in certain modes. And again, Bradley's got the whole breakdown of it because he did the tests on everything. He did null tests on everything. Um, that Ableton actually does degrade the audio slightly by default. Yeah, and the on more some warp. Modes. And the more warp mode on, the more CPU intensive that the session's going to be. Which is the same in Pro Tools with Polyphonic on. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. The same concept. If you're, uh, you know, I think about it in my car. It's an electric car. If I'm charging my phone, have my AC, have the stereo on, and I'm driving fast, the car uses more battery. If I don't charge, well, the question my phone, is to to what extent does the CPU change the Sonics yes. in Ableton? And I would certainly be curious for someone to do some ABs and show me. And you know, I, I think it'd be great. Um, yes. Ableton, yeah, Ableton, lots of Ableton discussions. All right, let's see. Uh, but, 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 yeah, exactly. The, I mean, I would buy Ableton Studio. I never use it live. I thought you were saying Sonic it existed. Clarity. I was like, I don't know anything about this Ableton Studio. No, 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 no. no, no. It's just an easy branding. Like it's just an easy move. You're it's doing their pivot. job for them. It's an it. easy pivot. I'm just okay. saying. I, I agree with you. It's a great um, name too. What the fuck? Like Ableton Studio. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. All right, we got a bunch of questions. Uh, but 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 but. Oh man, how about we've talked about this a couple of times before? How do you approach uh, Subad asks? Um, how do you approach engineering or mixing something you don't like if it's a, but it's a great opportunity? I just I just did this. Yeah. Um, um, so I'll just go right go. off. Uh, I said yes to a project, um, a very talented new artist on Warner Brothers for an A&R that I work with a lot. First song, I was so in. I mean, I said yes based on this first song. First song was great. Second song came and I'm just confused, like confused for a couple of reasons. One, I don't know if the song is that good. It's not my taste. I don't really like the song. He doesn't sound great on it. But, for, but second off, it's like, this wouldn't be the song for me to mix on the project. So mm. if we're doing a five-song EP, maybe someone else should do this one. But we've already made a deal for the, for the thing, so I'm going to do it. And they actually really like the mix, so yeah. I must have done something right. But I didn't... The first song, I knew exactly what to do, and I mixed it really fast. Um, and it was, like, it was approved really fast. I think it was like version two was approved. Uh, maybe three. And this one, same thing. We're only on version two, but I'm still like, y'all like this? But they mm. like it because it's a better version of than what they had. But I'm like, is this the best you got? You know, compared to the first song. Now yeah. I haven't heard three, four, and five yet. Maybe this has a special place on the project. But w this is the first time where in, in a while, not the first time. Sorry, it's the first time in a while where while working on it, I had to stop a lot. It's like mm. I don't. I'm not sure. I started over twice, mm. maybe three times, and and not because I didn't know what to, what that had to mix a record i didn't really know what to do to the song yeah um the stems didn't sound like the rough the engineer was the the producer was giving my assistant kind of a hard time 
like he had outboard gear on his thing. Like didn't want to bounce stems, but he's like, Oh, it's not doing that much. I'm like, it's doing a lot. Like, mm. I don't know what you think it's not doing, but it's the glue to, you know, the, the entire feel of these drums. <clears throat> so it was just a struggle. I didn't love the record. I didn't hate it. It was just really, you know, m- mediocre to me. Okay. But the relationship is what I'm doing it for, right? Yeah. I got asked to do this for an A&R that I love, and I really like the artist's voice. He's really talented, and I believe in his future. So I still gave it my best. Yeah. And I'm glad they liked where I took it because I yeah. took it far from uh, from the rough mix because the rough mix was it didn't it's just weird like i didn't yeah. understand the reference points and the first song i just knew it was supposed to be like like a phil collins record it was very clear to me that every background vocal needed an h3000 on it even though it was right, right, given right. to me with everything up the middle like i knew exactly what to do and shit sounds crazy to me it's one of my favorite mixes in a while um and then this one i didn't know what to do it didn't tell me the right story but i you know, from three start overs, kind of figure something out. And, so what, and they're happy. What, what in your head, that's a great, that's a great anecdote. What in your head do you, what, what do you go? Okay. Now I have to do this differently. What, what do you pick up on things? I mean, I always find this is the thing I uh-huh. learned from, from Eric Valentine. There's, there's, there's always something you can find and be excited about Yeah, because, you're, because fundamentally you're making music and it's like, all right, I'm going to make these drums the most fire drums. And even though I don't yeah. love the song, I know how I can no, I figure Matt, out how to make it better. I, you know, Matt, whatever this is, it is. That's why I didn't use that because that is the thing that I normally. Oh, the snare drum is crazy. There was nothing. Well, about so say that. So you say you say normally. Normally you're gravitating, but so normally you're gravitating towards a snare or a kick drum or something. I mean, it could be anything. I'm just using the snare, just like sure. Yeah. Matt, Manny used that as an example once. Like he hated the song, but the snare was crazy. It's like on his mix of the masters, and that's the one I always go to because it makes me laugh. Like the snare was crazy. Um, <laughs> I didn't find anything in this that I thought was uniquely interesting. That you so that was really to. difficult. But what you're talking about, what what kind of what kind of keeps you going in it uh, and and starting over? Uh, I I you know I would work for an hour, hour and a half, and I'd be like, ah, it's not better. I'd go back to the rough. Like it's not better than this, and the rough's not even that good. But I'm not improving it. So let me start over with a different approach. Let me go for the vocal first. Let me go for the drums first. Let me mute everything but the drums and bass. So let me just start with the acoustic guitar. What does the acoustic guitar and the vocals sound like? Which is how I wound up attempt three for me before sending was that. It was the acoustic guitar and the vocal felt like the record to me. So I tried to make that sound great. And the drums, they were just distorting and they're weird, but it's all acoustic. So it didn't didn't sound like it was supposed to distort. So I just kind of lumped them together. Actually used a compressor on the drum bus, everybody, that I never do. What? Um, Yeah, I compressed (laughs) all the drums except for the kick drum. I won't tell anyone. And, you know, I just told everybody. (laughs) And I wound up pushing them back and kind of going more Michael Brower with it. Like, I don't know if, you know, if you're too familiar with his work, but his drums are always like super kind of held back and like in the room. Um, and I just I took a different approach each time, and I tried to make it fun for myself. Uh, you know, I still don't really love it, but again, I love the first song. So I took the gig based on the first song and the opportunity, yep. and not the opportunity like I'm an and opportunist. The relationship. And it's the relationship. the relationship, yeah. and that's kind of because I don't know. You know, this is a new artist, so we don't we're, we're betting on this person. We don't we don't know what the success is going to be of this at all. But everyone's in. Um, and I'm glad that they came to me again. The first song was crazy. And when so, we talk about, we talk about long-term relationships, what mm-hmm. that means with long-term collaborators is that 
it's like being in any relationship, a friendship or romantic relationship. If you commit to doing something with someone, mm-hmm. then you are necessarily going to not get to do everything you want because you have to involve other people's opinions and creativity and ego and emotions and insecurities. So necessarily part of our job is to not always be doing things that we love. Now, if you're, and we've talked about this before as well, if you're working on projects for months and months and months and you hate all of it, yeah. you might, you might want to find another job or you might want to find a regular yeah. job to make money so that you can make music for fun. There's, there's lots of different things there, but when you do this, this, uh, this profession in any form, um, you're going to be working on things or doing parts of the process that are annoying. And the truth is, uh, be a big boy or big girl and get it done. You're making music yeah. for a living and you're collaborating with people. Honestly, and not everything is going to be amazing. Honestly, I'm just glad they're digging it. Yeah. You Sometimes know, it's happy. not about whether you like it or not. Yeah, I'm not. But, gonna, I don't have to tools, listen to it when it comes out. Yes, but the tools to and we talk about breaks a lot. We talk about how to get your mind take right, your body breaks. right. Take a lot of breaks. I mean, use all the tactics that you have to figure out how to get something done at the highest level you can possibly do it. But sometimes you're just not going to love everything that you're doing at every moment. And you're not entitled to that. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. Be a, be a big boy or big girl and get it done. But that's the challenge of, of every song. It's not like you love every song and you don't dislike every, every song. And if it was easy, everybody would do it. It wouldn't be such a crazy, stressful, wild career. And part of solving this puzzle on this song, I loved, you know, trying to figure out what is it what kind of record is this and that's something that you know that's what i signed up to be a, a, an engineer and a producer for is to crack the code um you know that's kind of what i i like yeah. to do um everywhere and watch so. it w- watch it become a huge hit yeah. um if so um digital bones asked oh he asked about wh- how do you know when to stop mixing when is, ah. is finished what does finished really mean no let's Ooh. talk about that because we can close on this same well, song Okay, okay. And also, go watch our whole hour we did on finishing. Yes, I'll answer your yes. question too. Episode but, but, 21. No, but this is a different about. thing. Yeah, go. At one, point, at one point, I was I was texting a friend too. Um, I was like, I have to just stop mixing the song. I don't know when this one's done. So at one point, I just bounced it. And I sent it. And I was like, oh, this sounds great. We're going to swap out this woo sound. It's like, okay, cool. Like They liked it, but I just stopped. I was like, I think Sometimes you as don't far know as I answer. can take it. And I didn't know. So I don't want to front like I always know. I know a lot of the time when it's at least to a place where I'm looking for feedback, which we talk about in that episode, sometimes I send it off and say, hey, let me know what you think about this vibe before we go any further, because it's a lot different than yours, but I'm not sold on it being done yet. But I want now is the time where I'd like some feedback. Or if I know the producer, I'll send an audio mover yes. stream link yes. so I can listen in real time with the producer yes. or the artist. But this, this is the first time in a while and I was texting a friend exactly this. So I was like, I just bounced it. Like I'm doing this mix. I'm not sure how it, when it's done, and I just bounced it. Well, um, if you don't know when done. something, if you don't know when something's done, it's time to rely on your collaborators. And even those of us that are quote unquote finishers, that's why you have collaborators. Uh, and we've talked about that a bunch before. The whole episode on finishing is great. All right, we, we're about it. We're about an hour. Yeah. Next week. Next week. Next week. I'll get everybody ask all, all the, questions, the bad questions, all the bad questions, all the bad questions. We're going to rapid fire them and we're just going to get through as much as possible. Um, I'll be on the discord after chatting, 
Um, Sorry, not the bad questions. All the wrong questions. All the That's all better. the dumbass stupid questions. There are <laughs> all stupid. You know, say no stupid questions. Ask all the stupid questions. Yeah, we also yeah, have yeah. a we also have a section in the in the Discord for newbie questions, and people are very kind. If you have questions, you're like, I don't understand what this basic thing means. Just go on the Discord and ask. There's a bunch of nice people that'll help you. Uh, John, love you. It's great seeing you yesterday. Great seeing you today. And uh, yeah, let's make let's make it a habit now that the world is starting to open up. Let's uh let's love have more it. hugs and more in person stuff. Love it. Thank you guys as always. Uh, come say what's up on the Discord after. Bye-bye. Peace.